You don't have to be awkward right away. We can we can start this. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do like I'm like an Zach intro. Ryman, and no. here's my intro and shout out to my sponsors. And I was like, ah. I've given up on all that. <laughs> Where'd they go? <laughs> People were trying to throw money at this podcast, and like I'm like, you're going no. Anaheim now, boo. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just honestly, with the podcast, I got rid of all the beginning and just get right into the episode now mm-hmm. because uh, I, we all fast forward through those. We don't listen. So true. Why do I? Why am I? I'm, it takes more time to edit. <laughs> like, I know. And it takes more time to fast forward than just actually just play through it. It's like, hi, I'm Zach Lamb. <laughs> all right, my conversation. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> it's like, all right, I might as well just listen. It's only like, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, still, like, I think today that's too much for the average person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched a TikTok and been like, this is too long? <laughs> I'm always amazed now, like on Instagram, if you try and watch a video, like when you get the sneak preview and then you'll start, you click the video, there's an advertisement. Why? Like, you can't slip in an advertisement like mid sentence. Really? I didn't know that. They do it in stand up too. You'll be listening uh. to a set and then they'll be halfway through their joke and they'll just stop through a commercial and then it goes back and the joke is done and you're like, um,. You got sponsored of your punchline <laughs> cut off. <laughs> Can I get that famous? Like, you don't even need the material. You're just going to like give it to me and then throw an advertisement on the one big part. I think uh, I haven't seen that because I, as soon as it stops and it says I need to click something to watch it, I never do. I go, well, that's as much as you wanted me to see. <laughs> that's it. That's a lot. I'm done. <laughs> on to the next one. I did the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, welcome back to Phoenix. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a year yeah. since I've been back. Last time I was here, we had our, fir- our last podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, you got in the car, and then I never saw you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came to L.A., and I discovered the beach, and I was like, I'm done with Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over this hot town. <laughs> Tired of my feet sweating and my sandals all the time. I've been slipping. Like, every time I walk, yeah. it just... Just slide Squeaky around. Squeaky in my shoes. I'm <laughs> slipping. I forgot. I just forgot how like hot. Like how much it nonstop on you. Like it's it never ends. Yeah. There's no breaks. Also, very little shade. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I saw one uh, playground on my way over here, and it didn't have one of those shades. And I was like, your ass <laughs> would just get melted going yeah. down one of those slides. Yeah, that's how we keep population down. It's actually, <laughs> we yeah. got rid of shade. Nicki Minaj needs to go down one of those slides, tone her butt down a couple bit, a couple layers. She needs to chill. Yeah, so you're in town. You're doing some shows. You're hanging out. Yes, I did um, House of Comedy on Tuesday, which was amazing. So much fun. I haven't been to that club in a while. And then I'm headlining tonight. Yeah, very excited. Uh, your your shows. We're recording this in the afternoon, and it's it's about sold out right now. Yes, it's so close. It's it's there. It's, it's crazy. Tickets away. I'm at that point now where I'm just like, come on! Like, <laughs> I want to start the show. <laughs> like, I've been going over the set for weeks. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I s- <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Oh nothing. I was just because like when you first asked me to do it, I was like, oh, I got 30 minutes. Totally. What I did not take into account was that I had maybe about 20 minutes of jokes that I had been like, these are cool ideas. Let me toss them for another day. And then I actually had 10 things I liked. So for weeks, I was like, oh, my God. 
I agree. It took 30 minutes. <laughs> and I've got maybe a hot 15. <laughs> Let's do this. It just, uh, so now it's just crowd work. You're doing <laughs> 15 minutes of crowd. How are you, how are you guys? <laughs> I'm going to get the drunkest audience member. I'm just going to give everyone a bottle of wine. All right, guys. We're going to have a nice long chat. <laughs> No, it was actually kind of nice because um, there were so many jokes I've had from when I first started. Yeah. And a lot of them, I think since I've done comedy between when I first wrote those jokes, my writing style is different. Yeah. And when I first had those jokes, a lot of them were just incomplete thoughts. Like the premise was there, but I didn't understand how to properly structure them, mm-hmm. how to put them together. So that was a nice challenge, just really working on, okay, how do I connect the dots of these pieces and actually make it um, cohesive? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. I haven't seen you do stand-up in a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, so I'm stoked. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm excited. It's definitely, I mean, going to L.A. has been just really helpful in, like, understanding the writing process, understanding performance etiquette, um, and really just analyzing jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that for a fact that every time I've moved, I immediately got better at comedy because you're just forced into this, like, different world and, yeah. like, different cliques and, like, what they laugh at is different. And so, like, immediately you're like, I just got to get better. <laughs> 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 I know. Every first, like, every first-time comic always does the same thing. They will bring a group of friends, and then the whole stand will be like, Johnny, remember that one time we went to the bar and the girl was like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Everyone just roars. Yeah. And they think they're like lit and they go and tell that bar to 20 strangers and they're like, who's Johnny? What waitress? Like, where are you even at? What? Yeah. What are you talking about? They're like last week, I, I was Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> this week, none of you like me. What I is I was this? I going to get discovered. Um, <laughs> according to my friends, I was crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then slowly your friends stop coming because they're like, we've seen you talk about that. <laughs> and Let like, me tell different. you your sit. <laughs> I'll tell you all your jokes, and we'll just kind of tag team yeah. back and forth. One thing I that I was um, very surprised about was when I moved to L.A., how many other mixed comics there were. That yeah. was a shock <laughs> to the system. Yeah. Wait, I'm not in Phoenix? Literally, I was like, oh, man, I've always just been this, like, ethnic unicorn. These jokes are just, this is my personal struggle. You, you guys want to know anything about that, white people? And then, like, I go to L.A., and I did a show with another mixed girl, and she told all my material. <laughs> I sat in the audience, and I was like, all right, <laughs> gonna have to come up with a new fifteen in two minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Oh man, that's so funny. I couldn't even believe it. I was shocked. She was like, "I'm mixed." I was like, "Yep, okay." And she was like, "People are always like, what are you?" I was like, "Oh God." She's like, "I have a white boyfriend." I was like, "Oh." She's like, "I'm bisexual." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Like, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Like, I got nothing. She's <laughs> taking everything from me. <laughs> after that, I was like, no more mixed material. You're like, I'm done. I'm moving into the side. I thought this was my struggle. This is everybody's struggle. <laughs> it's not relatable anymore. <laughs> it's too goddamn relatable. We're all thinking about it. <laughs> that's so funny. So, yeah, since you've moved to L.A., uh, one of the things that's, like, helped since the last time we talked, one of the things that's really helped me is, like, I feel like every few weeks or at least once a month, 
you and I will FaceTime and, and have a writing session. And honestly, that has been, it's just been great. Because there was like times where I'm like, I, I don't even know when I'm going to be able to perform again. <laughs> and then Brittany's like, yeah, what do you got? What ideas do you have? <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I was supposed to have ideas. <laughs> Like, I'm supposed to write? <laughs> yeah. So we're just kind of doing this, like, back and forth thing. <laughs> now I'm a teacher. I'm like, did you bring your homework? What did yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, Brittany will text me and be like, I got some ideas I want to pitch. And I'm like, great. And then she'll be like, so what do you got? And I'm like, I, 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 thought, this was, I thought this was for you. <laughs> I didn't know this was a me thing. Oh, we're kind of. Because I feel like that's rude. Because that happens to me all the time. Where comics will come up to me and be like, let me run some material. And I'll be like, all right, bet. And then they'll do it. And then they'll be like, what do you think? And then we spend an hour talking about that. And I'm like, is it my turn? I kind of got some things I want to talk about. And they're like, no, nah, I want to go home. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. you got to reciprocate. You got to, if I have to listen to you be like, okay, so the premise of this joke is I wrote this when I was thinking about this idea. And I don't really <laughs> want to know where I take this punchline. What do you think about it? Do you think it's going to be a good one? Can you please tell me? I need the feedback. And I'm like, ah, well, I got some little bit of stuff for you. Do you ready to hear mine? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, that's rude. My favorite's when they're like, yeah, yeah, pitch it to me. And then they just pick up their phone. <laughs> yeah. And then they're just like scrolling through Instagram. I'm listening. I'm listening. And then, and then you're like, and that's it. And they're like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. And you're like, any ideas? And like, no, I think you got it. Honestly, <laughs> that's probably the most authentic reaction you'll get. The first time you try that out, most people are going to be on their phones like, all right. <laughs> if it have pops up, then you know, you got a good joke. So you're saying I should call our friends more often? We need the, the rudest friends possible. <laughs> okay. The more selfish, the better. Because that's how I that's how I determine jokes. I just look for reactions. I'll tell the joke, and if you laugh, I keep it. If not, or if you give me some confused look, I'm like, <laughs> all right, back to the drawing board. And people get really like insecure about it. They'll yeah. always apologize, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I didn't laugh. I'm like... But it's not funny. Yeah. If you lie to me and tell me this is great, and then I try and do it at a comedy club and it's trash, I'm going to be more mad at you for lying to me about it than just being honest and being like, yo, it wasn't funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am very straightforward. I Because I don't... I'm exactly thinking that. It's like, I would hate to be like, Brittany, this is hilarious. <laughs> and then I go to the club with you, and then you're like, what's up with pork chops? And I'm like, Ugh, I didn't know you'd do it tonight. You know, like that would be, that's a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were just kind of bouncing this up. I thought it was like an idea. <laughs> Don't ever get discovered with that joke. <laughs> no. Yeah, I like, I'll do it with my roommates or my boyfriend. My roommate will make fun of me because I used to like just walk in her room randomly and I'd be like, is this funny? And then I would say it and then she would maybe react, she wouldn't, and I'd just go, okay. And then I'd just turn around <laughs> and I would leave. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of hear, if I got like, a, ah, oh, that's good. I go, yeah. oh, all right, great. And then I would just turn around and I'd just go from there. Yeah. Also, like when people pitch me jokes, I'm not always laughing because I'm trying to like be helpful. So then I'm like thinking of different endings or tags mm. or whatever. So sometimes I have to be like, no, 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 that is funny. But also, I was trying to think of if there's a better way. And I like this approach or whatever. Because, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not always quick to laugh at everything, even if I really enjoy it. So I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I, I'm slow. Like, it <laughs> takes me a minute to get a joke. Because I just blame my auditory processing disorder. But, like, people will tell me a joke, and I'm kind of like, and they'll look at me funny, and I just have to be like, give me a second. 
Give me a second. Oh, <laughs> that was terrible. That was, a bad, that was a bad joke. Yeah, you should rewrite that. It's <laughs> kind of wordy. <laughs> Turns out I was just processing it, and it wasn't funny. <laughs> uh, so what made you decide to start a show at a beach? Well, I always loved the beach. Ever since I was a little kid, swimming is one of my favorite things to do. And when I first moved to L.A., all the clubs and the indoor events were shut down. So I started noticing that a lot of people were just doing outdoor shows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were doing it in backyards. Um, some people were doing it at rooftops on restaurants. But I liked the idea of doing it on the beach because you can set up a blanket. You can just get a chair. You get to enjoy comedy. And then you just get that beach environment, <laughs> listening to the waves, um, looking at, because we're in Santa Monica, so you could see the Santa Monica Pier. And it just adds this calmness to everything that I really like. Plus, I don't have to pay anybody because it's free. (laughs) (laughs) All I have to do is just like plop my speaker somewhere and be like, this is a show now. And people liked it. Like, I was really surprised when I put my first show on, I was having a panic attack. All my comics were late. Um, People, for some reason, couldn't find the lifeguard tower. Everyone was driving to Santa Monica Pier, and my show was about three miles away from Santa Monica oh, Pier. No. So it wasn't even like they can walk to it. And I'm, all my audience members and comics were like, I'm lost. I can't find it. And I was like, I'm going to have to cancel my first show. It's uh, going to be a failure. But then, miraculously, like 20 people just walked up and were like, is this the beach show? I was like, <laughs> I'm like yeah. And then <laughs> people were like, great. And then everyone just set up. And the comics performed, and it was just it was such a cool experience. That's great. And, yeah, I've seen, it seems, from what I've seen online, very great. Like, it seems like you've had a lot of amazing comedians there. And a lot of people I've never heard of, people I have heard of. People, like, there's a great mix that's happening at that show. And uh, I also, I've never attended a beach show before, so I'm excited for the day that I can make it out there and see it because... Uh, yeah, I love new experiences like that. I'm definitely in that sort of phase of my comedy life, too, of, like, where else can I do a show? I know comedy clubs are available, but, like, what else? Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people liked about it, too, was that it was this alternative, especially during COVID because people were really stressed. So you had that opportunity to be outside. You could just sit wherever you wanted. And all the comedians I booked... I've just crushed it. They all do amazing. And it kind of seems like this nice combination of they get a good energy from the audience because the audience is happy to be there. And then the comedians get excited because it's different. They get to really just kind of let themselves go. And everyone has done such a great job. Like, I've loved everyone that I've booked. They just, they all, I like, the show blows me away every time. I always think, like, because you know when you do a show, there's chances are there's going to be one person that bombs. And you're like... <laughs> Kind of like yeah. mentally preparing for that. You're like, yeah, all right, yeah. which one of these guys is going to be the person I regret booking? And mm-hmm. they all just kill it. It's amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. So how's your show work? Do you do you have a headliner or is it just all showcase and everyone gets the same amount of time? Or? So I do it a showcase. Um, there's been just in my history of doing showcases, I could tell as an audience member, I would go crazy if I did a, was at a comedy show and there were like, 10 to 15 comics, each doing five to 10 minute sets. 
Like, you can just see the audience gets antsy. Everyone's tired. The host has to be like, all right, guys, we're down to our last <laughs> eight comics. Yeah. Everyone's like, Jesus Christ. Like, I just want to go home. I got to call my babysitter. But I do it just, I do between five to seven comedians. And then I just give everybody about 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So then that way the audience gets to get to know you better. They can kind of absorb your material a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more relaxed. And I like that more because people tend to, it just flows better. Like people get used to the audience, they get used to the comic, and then when you bring up the next one, they feel like they've got enough time with that person, so they're excited for the next one. Yeah. And then I'll just book it based off of, you know, what I saw. Sometimes I'll try and mix it up just by like, maybe gender or which comedians I thought were going to be a little bit stronger, which ones I think would be good positions. And that's been actually a really good learning experience for me is just pinpointing and figuring out like how to put everything in order. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, that's something we did at uh, why I ran the show late lunch was like, we had like a bucket and then we would pull the names out and then reorder them. And it would be like, we're very much thinking of that. Like, like, Who's high energy? Who's low energy? Like all these different factors and like putting it into a fun. So I love to, I love that you do that. And I love that you're like truly thinking about it instead of just like, I don't know, whoever <laughs> signs up, signs up, you know? Who's got the most Instagram followers? You're last. <laughs> You've got the biggest boost. I need all your fans to come here tonight and you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> That's like uh, any bringer show. As soon as like you bring like the most people. You get there and they're like, hey, we're changing the lineup. <laughs> 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 Jessica, she's going to be headlining. <laughs> she brought like 20 people. You know? yeah. She's the best of the night for now. And you're like, all right. <laughs> I guess that works. Yeah, we've, we've all been on those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're supposed to bring 10 and you only brought nine. <laughs> you're going first. Man, I always went first. They were like, you brought no one. <laughs> <laughs> I never brought anybody. I brought people like the first couple shows. And then after a while, I was like, I can't keep begging my friends. Yeah. I think they've already spent like $100 on me throughout this year. Like, yeah. They hate me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, because uh, it's not like I did a lot of bringer type shows, but there was definitely a period of time where it was like, it was the only thing around in Phoenix. And I remember... <laughs> Being told that my time got cut in half, and also I would be going second, and uh, they were like, "Cause you brought no one." And then I remember being like, "I brought my girlfriend," and they were like, "She she was gonna come anyways, man." Like, she doesn't count. She, she doesn't count anymore. <laughs> 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 They're like, "Well, now that we know that, man, <laughs> yeah, now you can't go up at all. Shoot. <laughs> Just entertain her on the way home." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The car ride home. Oh uh, man, yeah. I never, I never did well with those. I never had the big group of friends. <laughs> I know that's so hard as a comic. Do you have friends? Yeah. You're like, ah, ooh, all my friends are comics. Yeah. And if I bring them, all they're gonna try and do is steal my spot. <laughs> so you're gonna ask them to go up. Actually. I bring my mom, maybe yeah. my dad, my parents. They'll come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom will support. <laughs> I did one Booker sh like bringer show. And the booker wasn't there, but she was really strict. And she was like, if you don't bring seven people, you can't go on the show. Wow. And I brought nobody, <laughs> but she wasn't there. So everyone was like, did you bring your seven? And I was like, yeah. And then I just went up and I did my set and then I just left. And I was like, she probably will never book me again. She knows I didn't bring anybody, but I was like, I need that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's great. I'm glad you lied. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned. It, honestly, if there's anything this past year has taught me, it's that lying <laughs> is the smartest thing. Any, the truth never, never works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At my, um, I was at this job when I first moved to L.A. It was at this um, speech therapy clinic. I hated that job. I hated that job so much. They were terrible. But they were really, sh- like, lax with take, um, you taking off work if you were sick because of COVID. That was the only time they let you take off work. And one, for some reason, I just was like, felt like being honest because I got booked for this um, modeling gig. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. I need to take off work for it, though. And I'm just going to just like be honest with my job and just tell them this is yeah. my side hustle. Um, I just need this day off so I can do the shoot. They made the biggest fit. I had to talk to the head of HR. I had to talk to the owner of the company. I had to talk to my boss. <laughs> Everyone just called me to tell me I can't go. Yeah. And they, it was just this, it blew up in my face, and I couldn't even believe it. I ended up not doing the gig because everyone knew that if uh. I took off Friday, it would be because I left for this gig. And I was like, I don't want to get fired. I need the yeah. money. So then after that, I got booked for another gig, and I just told them I was sick, and I got the day off. Yeah. I was like, yeah. lying is everything. Lying is everything. Lying is so much easier. People, if you lie about it, like, <laughs> they don't press. If you tell the truth, they press. Yeah, yeah. I, thinking of an example of that, I was working at a restaurant, right? And this is one of the thousands of restaurants I worked at to do comedy during the night, be a line cook during the day, whatever, right? And... I remember I tried everything. I tried where I would just ask for nights off and not really be like, ah. you know, they didn't know I did comedy at all. Tried mm-hmm. that approach. Didn't really work because they asked too many questions and they pushed back. And then you're like, I don't know what to say. Never tell your job you're a comic. So that didn't work. The next job, I was like, yes, but I focus on comedy and I really want to make that a focus and a passion. And they met me kind of. And they would, like, give me some times off. But, like, it was almost like, we're really doing you this favor. So it, it wasn't, like, a great relationship. So one of the last places that I worked, I told them that I'd take care of my uh, elderly dad at night. I said, yeah, i take care of my dad. Which, by the way, was my dad's idea. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, just tell him that you got to take care of me or something. <laughs> That's amazing. That's and so I oh. said that in the interview. I said that maybe I had to say to management maybe one time. Literally, the entire time I had that job, they never asked me to stay late or do this thing or whatever. I was, like, last on the bucket list if they ever did try. So I never never missed a comedy gig. Never did uh, during that job. And I was like, oh, this is the best approach. Because you're right. Like, if I was like, I'm just doing this comedy thing, they would be like, that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, we don't care about your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> we only care about your elderly father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also, it. you're very good on the fryer. So <laughs> these are the things we care about. <laughs> we need you here more than anything. That is one thing I will never, like, I don't think the generations before COVID will ever understand the struggle of getting off of work. <laughs> Because, yeah. like, all you have to do now is, like, cough and you get off. Yeah. But you could have been sick, dying, puking in the back, and they'd still be like, all right, well, table six still needs their soup. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sneezing in it. And they're like, yeah, so? Yeah, we don't. 
They're paying us today, not tomorrow. We don't care about yeah. how they feel, how these customers feel later. <laughs> I was so sick. Whenever I worked restaurant jobs and I worked in retail, it did not matter how you were feeling. No. They'd be like, if Sarah can't cover your shift, then I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you They would actually me. applaud you for working sick, being like, Brittany, she's a great worker. Yeah. <laughs> One time she was bleeding out of her head and she was here. <laughs> And I'm like, she please, please let me go home. And they're yeah. like, yeah. But she knows it's family. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like, she's a team player. And I'm like, I'm dying. Please. I just want to go home. <laughs> Can't breathe. My job made me stay late the night of my 21st birthday. Really? Yeah. And I told them, I was like, okay, guys, my birthday is at midnight. <laughs> I would really like to be out of here by 10. And they're like, mm-hmm, Okay. And it was also right before New Year's Eve, so everybody was just destroyed the store, getting ready for their New Year's Eve outfits. So I had to stay till midnight, and my mom waited for me in the car for like two hours because she was gonna just, and I missed it. Oh no! I, on my the night of my twenty first, I took a nap, but Lame. I made up for it the next day. I got lit, so. <laughs> so Lame. Ah oh, man. Kudos for your mom for chilling and just being <laughs> just being a good mom. <laughs> Poor thing. She kept texting me, and she was like, when are you getting off work? And I was like, that is a good question, because that was supposed to be three hours ago. Yeah. But that was just like, oh, man, those were in the retail days. Yeah, I don't know how many holidays or important relationship things I've missed because of work or left early because of work or, yeah, been late to. Yeah. So many. I mean, one time I had this job. I had this job for years, and I worked literally every holiday. There was never a holiday I wasn't scheduled on. That's awful. And they were like, yeah, everyone else called out, Zach. It has to be you. And so it would be like the day before, and they were like, yeah, we're already getting people calling out. <laughs> You're like, They're like, can't you just close? It's Christmas. Like, <laughs> who's coming in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, I worked Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of those for years. So it was like... My family didn't see me for like four years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like where's Zach? Frying pickles. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's 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 doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> Order one. <laughs> he's feeding the hungry. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, oh man! Every time I had to work a holiday, I would just get so furious because nobody wants to do anything on the holidays. No. My job. They had me work on Martin Luther King Day, and I was like everybody is canceling can i just go home plus i'm black so <laughs> i like think i get the grace of that and they were like now and i just i sat there for eight hours on my ass i was like i could have had the day off easily yeah that's the worst especially when you work somewhere like retail or restaurant and they're like yeah we we need to be open this day and then you have like two customers because everyone's like i thought you'd be closed and you're like me too <laughs> <laughs> i also thought that i actually hoped for it but yeah. here we are yeah. and then you like cop an attitude with a coworker with customers you're like fuck you yeah you two are the reason why we have to be here <laughs> yeah if there were zero people today i could have persuaded him next time oh, to man. not do this i remember one time i opened a restaurant during a snow blizzard and then corporate called two hours later and they're like hey we have to close because of the snow blizzard. And I was like, I was telling you that <laughs> before I got here. <laughs> You're like, oh, really? This snowstorm that people, I can't even go home. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Zach, why are you eating all the product? Uh, because I, I live here now. This <laughs> <laughs> is my apartment, actually. <laughs> I'm a squatter here. Yeah. <laughs> I remember 
um, right when things started getting serious with COVID, my job at the time, I was going to people's homes. Yeah. So I was really concerned because I was like, wow, I'm seeing like 30, 40 people a week. That's really risky. And then Trump declared COVID a national emergency. And I texted my boss and I was like, did you know that COVID is a national emergency? I think we should stop working. My boss was like, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Trump, the most anti (laughs) non-emergency dude finally broke down and said, okay, shit is hitting the fan. I can't downplay this anymore. This is real. My boss was like, well, yeah, he's like, I don't read the news. Have 30 like, kids knees on you. It's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Like, You're saying screenshots of the CDC. And he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> You're like, you know, more than scientists. <laughs> <laughs> don't crazy. you, Sharon at HR? <laughs> yeah. You do. You know this. All right. You're the expert. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Literally. I do love, though, that like generation, like our generation is really fighting to not work. Ah, we love the idea of not working. <laughs> I'm all for that. Everyone's like, we are all CEOs, okay? Yeah. We all deserve time off. Yeah, yeah. I work too hard and too long. I get a month off. Yeah. Just like everybody else. And I I agree with it. I 100% think I should not be a slave to this job. Yeah. Like, I should be able to have a work-life balance. Yeah. Other countries, that's part of it. They take they take breaks, naps. They you know they work. They close early. Like I feel like it's very old school American to be like we gotta put in the hours, hustle and grind for for to make the rich richer. Yes, (laughs) you have to work so hard to make your boss a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're begging for. 10 more cents on the dollar. Ooh, I can't give it to you, but I'm also not going to give you Christmas. So <laughs> you're like, all right, well, where do I win here? Yeah. They're like, you don't. I actually win, but yeah, yeah. it's great. I'm sorry you're having a hard month. Here's a $20 gift card to Subway. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for my $5 foot long. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, where's my bonus? And they're like, we gave it to you. The, the Subway card, don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you took it. It's your turn now. <laughs> <laughs> no take back, please. That was your signed contract. You touched the card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Work. Are you are you cuz you were just in Vegas. Are you are you just traveling right now? You seeing the world? Is that what's happening? Yes. What, what were what was up with that? What were you doing in Vegas? Honestly, I haven't been to Vegas since I turned 21 and yeah? I am 26 going on 27, so I was like I will be damned. If my first Vegas experience is over 30, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be one of those old bitches like, trying to get a table like, who wants to bring me to your table? <laughs> VIP. We're not going to pay, ladies. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> No, I still need to do it while I got my youth. Yeah, so that's true. I got my friends together, and then we went out there for a weekend, and I had a blast. It was like I, it was the first time I experienced the Vegas pool parties, which... That's, that's so fun. So crazy. I, everyone's just going insane, dancing. I mean, I was just amazed at this pool. There is not one inch of pool water. All I see is people <laughs> sitting in the pool. Like, yeah. nobody came and sit. Everyone's just standing. And then when the DJ came on, everyone just started doing this, like, pool dance. So they just started splashing the water like crazy. Whoa. And everyone just, it was like, da 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 
pool. Splash, 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 splash. And I like water's going everywhere and we're drinking and that was fun. And then I went to this other club and it was like a hip hop club out there. I got to see Rick Ross. Nice. Fun, interesting. I got to see Rick Ross when I was in like eighth grade, right when like the boss had come out. Yeah. And I was in bloody no seats and he came out shirtless and I could see his fat ass perfectly. Like every inch of him I could see from the bloody no seats. I was like, damn, that's Rick Ross. And then <laughs> when I saw him this past, uh, when I was in Vegas, yeah. he looked so thin. He looked great. <laughs> Things are good for Rick Ross. It was like a weird moment where I like I saw my uncle at Thanksgiving and I was like, you look good, man. You, <laughs> you can tell you really worked on yourself. Good job. Like, <laughs> Like, he needed my approval. I was like, good job, Rick. Good for you. Good for That's you. You're cool. going to live another 20 years because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recently uh, uh, went to Vegas not that long ago and did, like, a two-night thing there, just real quick trip and back because mm-hmm. uh, of a Groupon. That's what, it, that's what got me. Really? Yeah. I stayed on the strip for, like, $20 a night at, at these. It was insane. So like I got this great deal and it was like but it it was only you could it was only these certain days and it was only like yeah you you got to be out of here. You can't stay <laughs> for a third day. We don't want you here any longer. You're just in and out real quick money. Stays <laughs> there at like 10:59 like service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're coming. Yeah. Get out. They're like and also you didn't pay for room service or dry cleaning or anything. Yeah. So like, you got nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like the washing machine is down there. Yeah. You got to clean your own stuff. This is Brenda. She'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. You're actually like part staff member. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're like, did you wear your non-slip shoes? And I was like, I was supposed to bring this? I, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but I, I don't drink anymore. So it was a very different experience. I was very like kind of nervous about it of like, how is this going to go for me? Uh, am I gonna enjoy it or am I gonna think everyone's annoying or like, yeah. like how how is it? And it was fun. It was really fun, and it was nice to be there in like a different brain setting of like I'm not trying to get hammered and get all the free drinks and whatever. But I did like gamble and make some money and have some good food and yeah, it was great. I'm like, man, I I like Vegas more now. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas is so much fun. I mean, there's definitely so much to do when you're there because it's not just young people like my grandma used to love vegas she (laughs) would sit at the slot machines for hours like the the nickel ones yeah she would just get like a bunch of nickels with like maybe a 50 dollar bill and she would just be there for hours she like loved it and there's so much to do down there yeah even if you don't want to like really rage but i don't know i feel like as you get older it is, like, I always enjoy my nights more if I just get slightly buzzed yeah. and then I can still remember everything because I hate, I have such bad FOMO, so I hate when, like, I get way too drunk, way too fast, and then I'm passed out by 10, and then you talk to everyone else, and they're like, the night was amazing. We got to meet Rick Ross. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't remember that. <laughs> like, oh, well, you were asleep. You got too drunk. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, if you pace yourself then the whole weekend is great because you don't wake up angry. Like, yeah. you wake up and you're ready to go, and then you kind of keep it chill. Out. But, like, there was one comedian. Ah, I can't remember his name, but he has he has a joke where he talks about it, and it's so perfect. He's like, you can have the best time as long as you're in bed by 9.30. <laughs> and it, when, I, when I first heard that joke, I was, like, 21. I was like, Tony's so fucking dumb. Uh, Tony. And then, like, 
And then I hit like 25 and I was like, wow, he's a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Such a game changer to like have your day and then be in bed at a certain time. Yeah. 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 I now I try to really plan it out of like anytime I'm somewhere, I'm like, this happens. This stuff. I finally understand schedules. I finally understand (laughs) why I meet people and they're like so organized. And I'm like, yeah, you got to just have fun and see where the night takes you. And they're like, no, because if you go too crazy, then the rest of the trip is gone. <laughs> like, you're in jail. Yeah. We got to bail you out. Yeah. You're like calling your mom all sad. You're like, I'm doing too hard. Anytime you got to call your mom crying, you went way too far. Yeah. 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 And you're like, mom, I messed up. And then she's like, what happened? And she's like, I broke a toilet in the hotel. And she's like, oh, God. Yeah. Also, I have, a, I have an issue of like when I did drink. Because uh, as a person, I'm, the, I'm a very giving person. I'm always trying to give people stuff. And I, I just love giving gifts and things. And uh, when I drink, it's like at max. I forget that I don't have millions in the bank account. <laughs> you know, So I'm like, yeah, you all want drinks? Let's all get drinks. Yeah. I got the drinks. <laughs> oh, God, you were that guy. It's all yeah. me. I got the <laughs> first round. Yeah, and we're, we're all at Filbertos, and I'm like, $85 at Filbertos? I got it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> and then I wake up, and I go, ooh, this, the next, tomorrow, we're, I'm having water everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I go. I'm going to have to clock in a little bit extra at <laughs> yeah. work to make up for what I just did. I remember one time, I, would, I had met these group of girls, and they invited me to go for drinks. And one girl said, oh, I'll get the, the next round of drinks. I said, great, you know, I'll get the next round. We ended up only doing two rounds, so I didn't make it. I was like, thank God. But <laughs> she sent me a Venmo request the next day. And I was like, what? I know. I was like, what the hell? You you said you had this. Like, <laughs> I would have been fine if I paid for it there, but like, don't butter me up and make it feel like it's going to be free. And then you send me a Venmo request the next day, like, for your margarita. I was like, oh. I hate that. Is, oh, man. I would block her on social media. <laughs> if someone did that to me, I would block them. I should not have sent her money. Oh, God damn it. No. I didn't think about it. But I have noticed with Venmo and that kind of stuff, you have to ask for it right then and there. Because if you wait like no. any longer yeah. than a day, you sound like a cheap bastard. If you're like, remember that $5 you were supposed to give you me for do. the Uber? Yeah. Can I have that? And you're like, wow, you're really stretching for $5. But in that moment, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. But if you wait a couple of days, everyone's like, you okay? You can't can't <laughs> skip out on this quarter pounder. Yeah. Is life that hard right now? You have to just you have to beg me for five dollars and text me and send me a Venmo request and send me a reminder Venmo request <laughs> and then maybe double check if you could PayPal would be better. It's like no, you missed the window. Yeah, that's a good point. There is a window because there is. I can think of friends right now that owe me. Ten, twenty dollars on Venmo you can't ask that for I will never ask for because it, it, it's like the one that I'm thinking of right now is I went to this coffee shop and then I was like, you you do that thing where you're like, what's the last time I was at this coffee shop? And then I remembered I paid for one of my friends and then I was like, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't do anything. That was so long ago. <laughs> you're sitting there like, God damn it, she owes me money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought that girl a mocha frappuccino when I was here. She owes me five dollars. She put caramel in it too. She owes me five fifty. Yeah. So you're you're loving LA. I love LA. You're yeah, in it. Just oh man, just the way I said that sounded so LA. I love LA. Yeah. It's everything I wanted and more. <laughs> I just I I grew up in Orange County, so 
going to LA was always like a treat because my mom would sometimes pull us out of school or we would go to the weekends and we'd just drive up to LA and spend the whole day down there. So it was always like the big city you're going to yeah. LA. But now that I actually live there, it's like exciting because all these places I get, to, I was only at for, you know, every so often. Now I'm just like around it all the time. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. What's like some things that you didn't realize until you're like actually there or things that you didn't really think about or advice or any of that stuff about living in LA that you're like, oh man, I never, even good or bad, but like never really thought of this before. I think I didn't realize how common it was for people to try and get in the entertainment industry. <laughs> like I knew, like I always kind of just pictured it being a bunch but pretty much anywhere you go, there is one employee in there that's like just doing it to get by. And there's every job you work at, there's always at least one person that maybe that's their second gig or they're modeling. And I just didn't realize, I always thought of New York as the place where people are hustling, but people are hustling in LA too. I didn't, yeah. I just didn't really like fully understand that until I was around all the time. You talk to everyone, they're like, I'm a producer. <laughs> you're like of what and they're like my friend's album and you're like oh god like no but I think that would probably be that was the most surprising for sure and I was surprised at how dominating the tech industry is there yeah like a lot of people in LA are obsessed with bitcoin <laughs> Like, like every Uber you get in? Every Uber I get in. Like, somebody <laughs> wants to talk about Bitcoin. If I get around, like, any group, I'll hear, like, any, any restaurant I'm at, I hear a group of guys, we know the Bitcoin went up. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, Bitcoin in L.A. is everything. That's wow. what everybody loves to talk about there is Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm learning about it. I have, like, a little bit of money in Bitcoin. <laughs> I've been my, persuaded. My Uber driver told me. <laughs> I have the money in Bitcoin now. And he still gave me three stars. <laughs> I'm sign up for Bitcoin. Because I do like the idea of putting my money towards an investment. Yeah. That, um, that seems to be, like, a grown-up thing to do. Because I'm always like, how do people not work? And they're like, well, they invest. And I'm like, yeah. oh. Okay, I was just working for every dollar and then spending it immediately on clothes. Yes. Yeah. That <laughs> seemed important at that time, but I should probably put it towards Bitcoin. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> those are your takeaways. <laughs> those are my takeaways. That's since I've been in LA, I was like, get Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I need a. It's also like LA so expensive. I can immediately be like, yeah, I need to save money. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think sometimes, like. Because a lot of times I hear, like, bros talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, who are the bros of the California gold rush? Mm. Like, who are the guys that were like, y'all, bro, I was down in California and I got that gold. No, I mean, yeah, bro, it was crazy. Like, the gold is just going insane there. You got to get your gold. You got to get your gold before it's too late. Everyone's getting their gold. Meanwhile, their girlfriends are, like, rolling their eyes. Like, ugh, here they go again talking about the gold. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like we've all seen a TikTok where it could even, immediately I thought of this TikTok I saw where the girl was showing around like her new house that her boyfriend and her bought. And then she like revealed that like he sold his Bitcoin to buy the house, like basically just cash, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And 
And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so that girlfriend was probably like rolling her eyes. And now she's like, well, now I have a house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he first was like, hey, babe, I'm thinking about getting this Bitcoin thing. She was like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. You're so annoying. Always talking about this Bitcoin. When are you going to come up here and bit my coin? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, that's fine. I'm going to say it at the open mic tonight. <laughs> I like that joke. <laughs> I always love it when like couples come to shows. Yeah. And I'm always wondering like how much do they talk about like okay, you can say this about me, you can say this about me, mm. but you can't talk about this. Cuz like I've dated guys before where they were like, oh, "You can totally talk about me in your stand up." And I'm like, "That oh, you do not want to go down that road with me because yeah. I might say something because like most guys assume I'm going to go up there and be like my boyfriend's dick is so big <laughs> yeah how big is it it broke me in half <laughs> like that's what they want me to say or yeah. like my boyfriend's so funny I think he should do stand up like that's what right. they want but then you go up there and you're like my boyfriend sucks <laughs> and like, yeah. there he goes get hurt yeah 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 that is interesting uh yeah, I mean, I feel like every relationship I've been in, it's a conversation, you know? Good or bad, you know, but it's definitely, like, you know... But also, <laughs> I feel like my my comedy is so weird that often they're like, I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, I don't know, man, you're going to talk about something else from the 1800s for two hours. <laughs> you're going to talk about my matcha green tea that I drink. Like, yeah. that's, you're going to look at my tea, and then that's where your bit's going to come yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to go... <laughs> That's so funny. Recently, I have like tried to stay away from writing jokes that are about me. Really? I'm just mostly just trying to shift my gears towards observational mm. because uh, people get bored of listening to you talk about yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's just so much more fun for everybody if you all have this topic that everybody is on board with. Like when I would tell my mixed jokes in Phoenix, people were like, that's cool, but like, you know, that's not really our struggle. And then I went right. to LA and everyone was like, well, bitch, that's all our struggles. Come up with a new idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I gotta like step out of the box. And it keeps me more in touch with what actually is going on around me when I can actually sit and observe my surroundings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. You know, I feel like my there is definitely things about myself in my stand up. But like right now, I have 15 minutes on the 1920s just as a whole about all different stages of the 1920s, what's involved in the 1920s. And uh, that's yeah, amazing. it's more that's more interesting to me than or like right now I'm really working hard. I probably told you about but like about the history of pinball machines, you know, like, <laughs> mine's like observational history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a historic comic, if you will. I will tell you funny jokes that are also educational. You will walk away smarter after hearing my oh. material. Oh. He should write a book. <laughs> oh. Man, those are the best comics. When you start listening to them, and you're like, man, this person's smart. <laughs> man, they're so smart. They read. Yeah, mine, mine's not that. <laughs> mine's like, wow, he's, he's, that's what he focused, he probably wrote this at 3 a.m. <laughs> My stand-up's like, man, she's problematic. Everything <laughs> pisses her off. That's <laughs> We're like, she write about things angry. you love. Write about things that make you passionate. I'm like, well, I'm passionate about a lot of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff hits home harder. Have you been writing a lot lately? 
I try and write um, at least once, uh, at least once a day. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you have a time limit? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld always said, try and write at least 20 minutes every day. Yeah. But sometimes, um, sometimes I don't, you know, if I just have an idea or a concept, I'll start writing and then maybe it's only a couple paragraphs, maybe not. But like I, for me, I always know that the nice part about is when I consistently write, I will start to notice when I have a good joke, like I'll write something down and then I'll just get this like gut feeling. Yeah. This feeling that it's like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm excited to tell this one. Because in other times I'll write jokes, I'm like, eh, it's kind of trash. I don't know if that's going to yeah. do it. But then I get that gut feeling, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And I, I chase that highs. So that's why I like Me too. to continuously just write and try and work on it. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. It's like when I'm more consistent with my writing, then I find like a bit or something that I'm excited to work on. And so then I'm like, I have to go to these open mics tonight because I, yeah. to, I have to get this idea out there or work on this. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not writing every day. I'm definitely thinking about stuff every day here and there throughout the day. And then what I've been doing lately is just focusing on writing on the weekends. And mm. I might write for one hour or I write, might write for five hours. Yeah. Like, and I just mean, really... Every focus. comedian is different. Like I've heard, like there are some. I think comedians that are more structural. Like mm-hmm. I think you and I are would probably yeah. consider ourselves to be more of structured comics. And then there are some comics who just have a premise, and then they'll just go from there and really just start reaching for stuff and just coming up jokes, maybe at the mic or maybe just kind of from rambling, but just solely on that one topic. Yeah, that gives me anxiety. Like, just <laughs> going up and being like, all right, I'm just supposed to talk about potato chips for five minutes. Like, no, I need to go in with a plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, I'll do that. I'll have, like, an idea, and I'll go up, and I'll talk about it and work it out. But I feel like if I'm being honest with myself, that gets me a good portion there. But it's never the greatest that joke can be. Mm. As if I, like, maybe I do take the idea, like, let's say pinballs, to the open mic, and I go, pinball machines are weird, aren't they? These things, right? And I notice that people enjoy it in general, or maybe I enjoyed saying it. Then I take it home, and I'll rewrite, and I'll really put the effort into it and work gotcha. on it and revisit it. Because, yeah, like, when I used to just be like, yeah, I, I write it on stage, you know? I feel like my comedy was like, it showed. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I feel it was just always like, yeah, it's funny, but like 70% funny. It's like, of oh, you, you came up with that on the spot, did you? <laughs> yeah. Is that why you said um for two minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that real wordy uh, setup. Yeah, we, we, we heard. <laughs> I always know if I don't know the joke, I start cussing. I'll be like, what's that fucking, fucking, ah, really? shit, shit, fuck. Or like if I get really into a joke and I'm just trying to push it out. I curse like crazy. Really? For some reason, it's easier to push it out if I'm just swearing left and right. <laughs> I'll be like, motherfucker, fucker, fucker. And then it's like, that's, that's your um? Once I have, yeah, it's, fuck is my um, like 100%. And then I got to like decipher through it. I remember one time I was working on a joke and I left stage and a comic was like, you swear too much. And I was like, fuck off. And then I was like, oh no, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> You're like, pull back a little. I was like, oh God, this is not the open mic. They're just giving me real feedback. Because it's true. I mean, I think like 
what I've always noticed is when I take this, once I have it figured out and I take those swears out, totally different. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, it's disalarming when, is that word disalarming? Disen, disengaging? <laughs> trying to think disengaging. of the word. Disengaging. It's like, you're like, gotta be like, hands up. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but it's not as aggressive when you don't curse. Yeah. So the audience is more like, oh, okay, like, maybe she's nice. Maybe she's going to say nice things. Or like, the most savage thing you could do is say something just awful, but then there's no swearing in it. And yeah. everyone's like, whoa. Yeah. This yeah. girl's a smart bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's elegant. <laughs> she's so elegant with her meanness. <laughs> I actually, I, I was with some comics last night, and one of them came up, and they, they all just started roasting each other. And they were being so mean, and I couldn't read the body language of whether or not they liked it or not. And I finally couldn't take it anymore, and I was like, stop it, you're being so mean. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we're all friends. We do this because we love each other. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. My lady brain can't <laughs> process <laughs> this level of meanness as kind. Like, yeah. Also, I will say, I, I roast my friends. I love poke, little jabs here and there, right? I've really pulled back in the last few years. But I will say, anytime there's a group and that's happening, Everyone's smiling, and then one guy has a tear yeah. just rolling, <laughs> rolling down his face, being like, "Yeah, no, I enjoyed it too." And then he's driving home, being like, "Yeah, uh, maybe I do look like a squirrel. I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved all those dead dad jokes; they were great. Yeah. <laughs> I just love to be reminded. <laughs> I know I can never tell because I'm I'm a sensitive person, so I just I'm I'm like, look, I am not gonna set this idea in your head that when I walk up, you'd be like, look at what Brittany's wearing. She looks like idiot, because I will yeah. walk away. I'm like, nope, I don't have time for this. I don't care if I look like a selfish little bitch. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm sensitive, all right? <laughs> I will get defensive, and then my hands start to tremble, and then my voice raises, and I'm yelling at everybody, and I'm like, you guys are so mean! And <laughs> I would rather just set the tone early and be like, yo, uh, you got to be nice to me, or we can't do this. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've always got that sense from you because I've known you for years now, and uh, I've never really roasted you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because I set that foundation. Yeah. I, I do not want to be roasted. I want to have a nice conversation. Ask me about my mom. Don't do the yo mama jokes. <laughs> like, yeah. Say how's London. I'll be like yo mama this. I'll be like yeah. oh. Also, you're you're a very like business comic. Is how I like to think of you. How I've always thought of you is you're like, uh, like it could be an open mic, it could be a show. You get there, you you're clocking in, and you're like, this is my job, this is real, <laughs> and uh, you guys are just my coworkers. I don't, you know, we can be friendly, but like I'm here for work, <laughs> and then I gotta go. <laughs> That's exactly how I view it. That's amazing <laughs> you feel that way. Because sometimes I'll be like, I'm so antisocial. I just did my set, and all I want to do is leave. And I'm like, well, that's how jobs work. Yeah. When the job is done, you go home. <laughs> so yeah. that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, all right, I will maybe stick around for a couple of mics. And after that, I'm out. Yeah. Well, that's because, like, we've done a lot of shows together. And... At an open mic, it's very that. I'm very that way too, though. I don't. I'm not the guy that's like, let's all go get wings after and then drink all night. Hang out. I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. I want to go home and have a bowl of cereal. <laughs> so like, I I've totally been on page with you. But I also will say that you and I have been at like venues where like it's a booked 
paid gig. And I'm like, I remember early on being like, are Brittany and I friends? <laughs> are we just friendly? I don't like, I don't know. I don't know if we're friends yet, but like, <laughs> I definitely have the blinders on. I'm like, look, assholes, I'm here to work. I'm focusing on my set. Don't talk to me. I got things to do, and I'm gonna book it. Like, yeah, that's how it's like just how my personality is. I'm very introverted, and I have always kept things very professional. Like, even when I ran track, when I was in college, my coach, he was a young guy, and he yeah. really liked being like friends with his athletes. Like that was that was how he coached. He felt like he was like your friend first and your coach second. And when I left the team, he was like, yeah, you just, um, you never really came to talk to me. Like, why is that? And I was like, because you're my coach. Like <laughs> yeah. our relationship is you tell me what to do and I do it. Like that's it. I. Anything I can't process anything past that. You want to know about my day? Why? Like, yeah. I'm here for one purpose and one person only, and that's to work out and become a better athlete. So that's just when things start to get too friendly, it feels unprofessional on my behalf. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. I uh, I'm trying to find a good middle ground more. You do now. need that because if you're too professional, then you come standoffish, and yeah. then people like. I think I think I've told you this that like years ago when I used to run an o another open mic, uh, I was talking to a bunch of comics afterwards. Right before you know, I did the open mic, then I leave, and right before I left, they were all talking about how they got this one gig and it was like great, and they're all gonna do it together. And then, you know, I was kind of like, well, why didn't I get involved in this? And they were like, yeah, it didn't, well, you it, you just don't like to hang out. And so, you know, we're not going to hang out with you on a on a road gig, you know? Like, <laughs> so we barely it, like you at the open mic. We're like, yeah, yeah. in the car with you for six hours. Were you yeah. nuts? <laughs> so, like, it was like, that was like a real wake-up moment where I was like, oh, I'm... I'm not getting things because people either think I'm either an asshole, maybe, or they're just like, he's very uninterested in getting to know us. <laughs> yeah, I have had very similar problems where, because I've noticed, too, one of the, uh, it's something I didn't even think about when I started stand-up. One of the things I started to notice was that people who did comedy in groups had the most success. Yeah. They all, like just work together and they were able to build each other up that way. Like I've seen so many like groups of maybe like three to like five, six people and they all just piggyback off each other's success. And it's like, it's just, it's, I don't even think to do that. Like my, you know, we're on the same page where you're like, look, like the material should be enough. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm making people laugh. I'm, and I think that's kind of that old school mentality for me is I'm like, look, people will tell me, like, you have to put in your work in comedy. You have to put in the work. So in my head, the work was the material, yeah. not networking, not the social part. Because I was like, ugh, I got to yeah. talk to people? Like, ugh. Yeah. That's why I do stand-up. So I don't have to talk to people. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah, because, I mean, introvert. I was such an introverted kid. And so, yeah, I'm not interested in – I wasn't interested in getting to know all these people and exactly just doing the work is the jokes and uh but now i'm like seeing it like i have a good group of friends here in phoenix and we do help each other out a lot and wow is it so much easier versus like 
I don't, I don't know, for the last like five years, I've been like putting on my own shows, putting on my own tours, and putting on my own things. And it's so much nicer when someone else is helping you out with that or doing that. It's yeah, you get a lot more done and you get a lot more growth. But uh, and it's amazing. You'll just have a friend and you'll be like, "What do you got for me?" And they're like, "Oh, do you want to just be on the show?" And you're like, "What?" Yeah. I talked to uh, one girl. She just um, she just actually filmed a Netflix special. And I was talking to her about it and asking her, you know, did she audition? What did she do? And she just went, oh, uh, Tiffany Ash called me. Yeah. Just called me. I was like, what? Like, it didn't even, pro I was like, I didn't even think that's how it went down. I thought you had to, like, put in the work and, you know, yeah. like audition. And then, but it Show was just. Show a resume to somebody. Her yeah. life was changed just from that one connection. And I, start, I started working on that, too. Like, just started popping up at different comedy clubs and actually talking to people. And I've had way more success getting booked. <laughs> yeah. Than actually, just than actually just working on material. I was like, dang, do you guys, you guys can't even care if I tell jokes? Like, Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's so wild to me that, like, I, yeah, same. Didn't even, never even crossed my mind. You know, because I'm like, if I'm good at comedy, people should want to put me on shows. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I think I, for me, like, I had that mindset when I ran track because I always thought what I loved about track was you could not bullshit your way through it. Yeah. You either had the time or you didn't. And they would look through your history and they would say, okay, this is the fastest Brittany has run. She can she can compete in this race because yeah. her numbers show she's, she's proven it time and time and time again that she can qualify for this. But you know, in other professions, all you have to do is be like, Oh yeah, just is my word. My word says they're good. And then they're in. And that just from that mentality, it just like, it was confusing me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like how I, I got my TikTok partnership where someone was like, you know who'd be great for this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And just suggested me, you know, like, what? Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't show TikTok a resume or anything. Like. Meanwhile, these 12-year-olds are, like, dancing in their living room. Like, yeah. Ah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day this will pay off. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. You never know. You've seen success on TikTok. I have. How are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about are you, do you Are you still loving doing TikTok? Are you not loving it? What's What's your vibe with TikTok right now? I go back and forth with TikTok sometimes because I think with me that I get confused about is I get weirded out about the process of preparing for TikTok. Like sometimes I'll really? think to myself, I'm about to film a TikTok video. So I have to go like do my hair and makeup. And I'm like, what wardrobe am I going to wear? Like how do I look casual? I'm in my living room. Do I look casual? Do I put on a sweatshirt? No, that's too, that's too <laughs> casual. Like, oh, do I put on a dress? It's like, no, I'm in my living room. I don't want to put on a dress. So then I'm like spending all my time thinking about how to prepare for it. And then um, I just think like, which is funny because the video that I made that went viral was so last minute. I just filmed it. I did one take. I wrote my joke, and then next thing I know, my phone was blowing up. But all the other times, I put in so much effort. Yeah. Nothing happened. And so <laughs> I was like, I, I, I did one TikTok video where I was like, you know what? All these girls in bikinis get, like, thousands of views. Like, I'll just do one in a bikini. And then I did it, and I got, like, 300 views. And I was like, I just sold my soul. I <laughs> 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 <It> just, <laughs> this is what it feels like to do a deal with the devil. <laughs> Like, you will do the video 
but only get 30 likes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> and then I've done another video before where I did a modeling audition and they wanted to straighten my hair. So I only straightened like just a small chunk of my hair. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. So I did a TikTok video about it. And that one is my second most viewed yeah, video. it's like literally four seconds long. Yeah. Of you being like like looking at your hair. Yeah, yeah that's it. And I looked at it and then I just wrote like a, a pun about it. And that one got like, you know, like a couple hundred thousand views. I was like, what? How did yeah. this happen? And then the, the one where I'm like put on a bikini and exercise for a week <laughs> to make sure my abs were on brain, like on point gets like 300 views. And I was like, what? But I will say I TikTok always just blows me away with people's creativity and yeah. the type of content. Like, I think, I definitely think that once you find your niche in TikTok, then you can really go. Like, when I did mine, I wasn't really, I, I wasn't exactly sure what about it that people thought was so funny. Like, I kind of understood the overall premise, but when I was trying to think, how can I make this a niche? Yeah. I got a little lost. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, um, well, for those of you guys who haven't seen the video, so what inspired the video was the night before I went out to a bar and I just got really drunk <laughs> and I had a bad hangover and I was in bed all day and I kept throwing up and um, the ba I was my boyfriend and I live in a two-bed, two-bath. I have one bathroom, he has another, and I was closest to his bathroom. So I went to go throw up in the toilet, but the toilet was disgusting. And I like held in the puke to clean the toilet <laughs> before I threw up. So I was like, huh, that's kind of, eh. Like once that's I, yeah. once I like came back to my senses, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. So I just reenacted it. And then I put in a joke when you're hungover, but also have OCD. And so, you know, my phone is blowing up. A lot of it, I th for a second, I thought I was going to get canceled because people were really mad at me in the comments. Some people were like, this is not OCD. And then other people were like, this is OCD. And I was like, oh, shit, there's a debate going on in this one thing I just did because I was just literally hungover. Yeah. Um, so then after that, I just kind of was thinking, okay, well, is it the fact that I, like, had to clean the toilet beforehand that was the funny thing? Or was it the fact that like I had OCD because I was kind of like maybe I could do more jokes about OCD but I'm not trying to be canceled yeah. for doing OCD jokes and then I like did another one where I was like in the toilet and I was like I don't know if I want to like be the toilet girl I don't want to be viral because I'm like constantly got my head in the toilet yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're the toilet girl yeah. <laughs> oh shit I've seen you before I yeah. love your toilet music. Yeah. Like, your toilet very nice <laughs> <laughs> So what you do with a spotless now? Great toilet. Like I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to build a career off of having my head in a toilet. So I was like, I wasn't sure what to do. But yeah, there are definitely times where I get super into it. Other times I'm like, um, just trying to find a balance between exactly yeah. like what I want to do. Do I want to do TikTok? Do I want to stand up? Do I want to try and just do like regular videos? So, all over the place. Yeah. You're not allowed to do all of them? If I do, I just spread everything so thin. Oh, you and put I'm not too good much at, in. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good at organizing. Like, I'll put all my energy into one idea, 
And then maybe I'll start to put my energy in another idea. And so that one gets completely abandoned. And then I get done with that one. And the other one gets abandoned. And it just, like, That's, I have to yeah. really stick to one thing. Me, Otherwise, I just, I get so distracted. I can't me focus. Too. I can't, I, yeah, same. Like, this, everyone that listens to this podcast knows. They already know. Because it's <laughs> like, as soon as I go on tour or I do anything, like, literally. Zach's gone. The podcast <laughs> takes a break. Immediately, if something happens. You know, and now I'm trying to get better at uh, my other TikTok where I like repair stuff. Mm. And uh, because you're right, like I knew that that was a niche that didn't have a lot of videos. And I it's something I like to do in my free time anyways. So I was like, let me make a second account. And like literally the third video, it like started blowing up. So I was like, okay, this is this works. Right. And uh, compared to, like, my other one where I'm doing stand-up and people are like, mm, not really for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny when you put up stand-up videos because I just feel like they don't justify what you're like in person. No. I've had people come up to me and be like, I hated your videos. And then I saw your stand-up and I was like, she's actually funny. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, was like oh. I was like, no more videos. You guys have to see me live. Yeah. You guys don't deserve it. Yeah, well, for me, it's so hard because, like, nothing I do is, like, a minute-long joke. I don't do minute-long jokes. I don't do quick little... I do stories. So it's, Mm -hmm. like, anytime you do see me put up a joke, it's not what you're going to see at the live show. It's probably, like, some one-off idea or, like, the beginning of an idea. It's never, like, a finish. So I I agree. Like, if you went and you judged harshly on my videos of stand-up and then you saw me in person, very different. It's so different. It's a different atmosphere. Um... And I just, yeah, I like I like the idea of my stuff being your first experience. Because I feel like if I post all my jokes online, and then when you come see me, you've already heard them before. So it takes yeah. that surprise factor out of it. I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather you just see pictures of me doing dope shit. And then you're <laughs> like, oh, well, she's dope. All her pictures are dope. I mean, so we'll go support her. Versus if they're like, oh, this is where she tells her hair joke. This is, this is where she tells her. Joke about me and Mix that all those other girls took from her. <laughs> this is, this is where I hear yeah. that joke. So I like having the, the mystery behind it. Yeah. Well, I I hope you I hope you continue to make TikToks. I will. Don't worry. Those are continuing. I have uh, I have a couple of like niches in my head that I am excited about. Yeah. Um. So like once I get back to LA, especially because like um, since I was headlining tonight, I'll I just really put a lot of my energy into that because the most important thing to me was having my material memorized. Yeah. And I did not want to get lost in being like, okay, well there is, there is this one thing that I do have to do. This has a deadline. I have to do this. I have to know my set by this day. So I can't be like, oh, I have to prepare for my set, but I should make TikTok videos. Well, it's like, no, it's, this is what I need to put my energy in right now. This, this is what matters to me right now and then once that's done and I can take that you know um just move on from that then I can put my energy into the other things great that's a yeah I'm right there with you like I had these like travel dates and now that I'm like back I'm like okay I can focus on the other things that uh you know besides all this travel and I get stressed out about like road gigs too, of like memorizing and trying new stuff and mixing it together. So, yeah, um, I just for me like in my experience, I have, and it's it's very interesting because like um, my boyfriend has been very helpful 
with my stand-up because he goes to all my shows and he's really observant and has a really good sense of like character yeah so it's the first he's the first person that when i go on stage and i get off we will have like a full-blown conversation about how my set went (laughs) and he will be like okay i could tell you didn't fully know this bit because you sped up a little bit you hesitated here and like i'm and i agree with him a (laughs) hundred percent that's so funny He's like, oh, I could tell this was bit, you know, you, you seem really strong in the first five minutes and then you kind of hesitated here. And that has been so helpful to me. And when he's when he just really pointed out that, like, if I actually have the stuff memorized, it just flows and everything about my set is so much easier. So all I care about now is memorizing everything. Yeah. That's all I care about. A hundred percent. Well, I'm excited to see the show tonight. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, and where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram. I am biracialb94. I'm also on TikTok. You can look me up at Brittany Hanrahan. And then the easiest way to find me is if you look up my name, Brittany Hanrahan. There's like three white girls, and I'm the only brown one. (laughs) Super easy. Name is super Irish, but then you're like, who's the brown one? That's her. (laughs) That's her. <laughs> there she is. All right, we found Brittany. <laughs> yeah. We found biracial B, 94. Yeah. All the links will be in the show notes. And also, go back and check out the first episode with Brittany on. Uh, it's one, just like her, her TikToks. That episode took off overnight. Like, people loved it. Got, got tons of shares. So definitely go back and listen to that. I remember it being very fun. Uh, of course, uh, every time I see Brittany, it's very fun. Yes, so and if you are in L.A., make sure to come to my stand-up comedy show, 2020 Was a Beach. You can find it on our Instagram, and we are on Eventbrite. Yeah, I'll put uh, links to that, too, and I'll put the, a link to the next one in there, too, so when people uh, are looking for a show, it's actually that one coming up soon. So yes. uh, check all that out. Thank you again, Brittany, for being on the show. Thank you. And I've been your host, Zach Lyman. 